You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. This episode is for you if you already own a company and you want to learn how to hire the best people or if you're thinking of developing more self-confidence and uh, building a business that will eventually deliver more money, more freedom, and uh, the lifestyle that you actually want, right? So in order for you to gain that kind of freedom lifestyle, you really need to get good at delegating most of your tasks to your staff so that you can scale. Okay, we're getting a bit too technical right now, but the basic idea is that you need very, very good people inside your company that will allow you to do more of what you love, basically. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be super valuable for you if you already have a company or if you're thinking of hiring people or building a company, okay? Without further ado, let's welcome Mario. We're here once again with uh, Mario Tomic and uh, I'm very excited because we get to talk about creating an amazing culture for your business which will enable you to find the right clients find the right employees and fire the ones who you don't really want and who are not really contributing to your business's success. Mario, how are you? I'm doing well, Bogdan. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you here once again. Likewise. I love your background. Every time we talk, your background changes. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, actually a wall of inspiration. Um, I can't zoom in right now, but every little thing there, if you could zoom in, there's a quote. Yeah. And it's like a piece I'm, of wisdom and every, every bit of there. I'm actually noticing them right now. I didn't notice it before. Yeah, I see all you need is love. Patience is a <laughs> virtue, right? The world is uh, your oyster. And Bogdan Roshu is the sexiest man alive. No, that's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So um, let's say jokes aside, you know, um, we got a chance to talk a bit about, you know, when you um, started out and you had to make that shift in mindset from solopreneur, I have to do everything myself, to where it's okay, I need to find people, but not just people to help you, the right people that would make a difference in your company. How did you do that? How did you go about that? Yeah, so th there's different ways to hire. Um, my favorite ways to hire are, it depends on the project itself, but it's someone long-term, if they're going to be with my company in a very important role, mm -hmm. I usually hire from my other client base or from my um, let's say from a referral mm -hmm. of a client. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll look for those closest to me and those that have been a part of my culture for a long time. Or let's say a friend's referral or someone that I've known for longer than six months. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of rules there with what I hire. If it's like a very important role in my company, yes, it is going to have to be someone that we already have a relationship of some sorts or at least I know them 
at least I know who they are. My, I can trust my friend that he has my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's like a quick project, if it's, I don't know, designing a logo or something like that, you can go on 99designs, you can go on Upwork, you can go on Freelancer. For those quick one-time things, or let's say you want to draft 10 emails and you need a copywriter, you mm-hmm. know, you can jump in a Facebook group with a lot of copywriters and then you can start getting them to bid on and, and see what that's going to look like. Even then, I would recommend referrals. Referrals are my favorite. Obviously, you can't infinitely scale referrals, but that's like my number one go-to tool mm-hmm. because they, they need less filtering. They need less interviewing. They need less, um, like, there's less trouble in general to get them. I actually had this interesting conversation, uh, just uh, a quick conversation the other day. I was at the EU Startup Summit, and and I had a chance to uh, talk with uh, Ricardo from uh, King who uh, mostly is one known by the game Candy Crush. Right. They sold uh, for $6 billion, I think, to Activision. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really successful guy. They have offices all around the world. And their head, I think their head offices are, in, well, head offices in Stockholm, I think, in Sweden, then one in London, then one in Barcelona. Yeah. And uh, I was basically, I had a, just a chance to ask him one single question is, how do you find so much talent? Like, how do you find these people, Right. right. And uh, what he told me is that in their company, they have a process where every single person has to go through six interviews with people from different divisions within the company. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a, maybe somewhere in the mid-level, mid sometimes it's lower level, sometimes it's super high level. So uh, just people that are under the board, maybe even someone from the board if it's mm-hmm. like a super high level position. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that approach. And of course, he knows what what's what's going on, but in general, like when you hire in this space that we're in right now, mm-hmm. like running an online business and you're hiring people even remotely or even even in, for an office, that filtering process there, I think that's really the key. That that's really the key because then you then you can see and validate if the person is really resonates with your culture. Yes. So if you guys have the same vision, and that's the most important factor. If they don't believe in your vision, you're not going to have a long-term person. It's going to result in a massive amount of turnover, and that's going to obviously impact your business, right? That's that's the worst thing you can have. Yeah, and I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who um, also put together – he tried to put together a team a few years ago and wasn't really successful with it, but – um, he he's become very successful with it now, and he was saying that he doesn't hire people who have not gone through his coaching program. Mm-hmm. Right, so you already have somebody who believes in what you do because they've invested in you, and of course they're gonna um, they're gonna be somehow on the same page with you in terms of your vision. Um, how do you, how did you um, create your vision? For your company or what is your vision well yeah in terms of my vision it, it, it's broader than what i'd normally do so in in my company we help entrepreneurs and high performers help get in amazing shape um, while at the same time they're crushing it in all areas of their life so basically we're taking very busy people and help them with their fitness and health side of things mm-hmm. now that's a part of everybody's life. And, and my big vision is really that, that that fitness aspect that I help people solve is a part of a bigger vision where we all want to be. It's really the best version of ourselves, yes. which includes then becoming 
the best you can be in your health and your business and your relationships and also in your higher purpose, your spirituality, right? And that's my big vision. And a lot, and almost everybody that I've uh, encountered, at least in terms of my clients, when they've aligned with that vision, that they, they got it. They just got it immediately. They understand what I mean by that because we speak the same language. Mm-hmm. My vision is heavily influenced by personal development because I'm just the type nerdy guy. I read a lot of books. Uh, I love to read. I read probably like two, three books a week mm-hmm. on average. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my mind is always in, you know, different types. I, I feed my brain with that type of material. So that that's heavily influencing my vision and mm-hmm. what I think a person should be. And it's very, very uh, promotion focused. I'm always thinking about how can we do things better and and more optimal and what's the next level. Mm -hmm. And that's the vision that resonates with my clients and with my staff as well, right? So we're always looking for the edge. So with my staff also, they all read books probably as much as I do and some of them even more, right? So we have a lot of common ground in terms of like what we think a man should do in his life. And I don't mean just men, but I mean like women as well that we all need to develop ourselves and mm-hmm. that's our responsibility. And that really ties all of us together, right? So I, I sat down one day and I just looked looked at, okay, I need to put my vision into as little as words as I can. And I just write it out on my, it's on my about page on my website, atomic.com. You can, you can check it out there. I, I just wanted to explain my vision as concise as possible. Mm-hmm. And people got it. Like I, I keep getting emails even now, people that just browse the website you know, they check out the mission and the philosophy and they're like, they, they click the contact and email me, hey, Mario, I can really resonate with what you just wrote in your mission statement, with your philosophy. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about uh, the types of people that I guess I attract with all my content, whatever, all my messages are from that type of, uh, I, I guess, that niche, if you want to call it, or just people that resonate with that kind of message, which makes it much easier for me to hire. And also for clients, it really ensures that I get people with really high quality people and the ones that I want to work with. And uh, that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> so so it saves you a lot of time. Like having a good vision, I think, saves you a lot of trouble uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, your clients will be able to resonate with it. And then the ones that are not the right fit, they won't be able to. So you're kind of, I guess, repelling those that are not the fit and attracting those they are. So yes. you definitely want to be vocal about your vision. You don't want to hold back. Like you, you do want to make a, a, a statement. You want to make a point where you're at and just stay there. Like you don't want to keep changing things in your vision, trying to appeal to as many people as possible. If that's not you, that's not just going to seem like it's not very authentic because it's not. And Mm -hmm. then you're trying to, you know, make as much money as possible and people will interpret it as that. And that's how you end up in trouble where it's like it's massive amount of refunds, chargebacks, you know, people like hunting you down, leaving bad reviews. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been in business for, for a very long time and, and nowadays, I mean, it's rare to uh, it's rare to see people have a really low refund chargeback or negativity or any kind of sorts. And you can see if you look at any of my content or anything else out there, is it's pure positivity mm-hmm. because I think people know that ultimately we have their best interest in mind, mm-hmm. and that's what the vision is about. Like it ties us together, so we're all high level thinkers, and that's really important. I think you know one of the most difficult things. Um is just deciding on uh, on the vision. You know, spending that day and just saying, you know what, this is what my company is going to be about, and that's it, right? And, um, and for some people, maybe it's just because 
they're scared that maybe the vision is too big and they're not going to reach it or um you know what what were your challenges when um you were coming up with your vision yeah so i wouldn't say that the vision isn't necessarily the best marketing tool so like a broad vision statement isn't mm -hmm. the best marketing tool because it is going to be broad ultimately everything i'm doing as well for health and fitness i mean it's going to be help you become the best version of yourself. But if I had a business offer, it would help you become the best version of yourself. If I had a yoga offer, if I had a relationship dating offer, it would do the same thing, right? Yeah. So in your marketing, you do want to specify what you're the expert at and help people with, with a what part of that, but also share with them what that big vision is. You know, sit yeah. down one day, and it's not going to be one day. If I'm being honest with you, like my vision, I've rewrote it probably like 15 times. Right. Uh, because... You know, you, you read a book, you wake up one day, and, and then you have yeah. you have an epiphany, and you want to say, "Hey, I could word this a little bit differently." Yeah. But after a while, you're, you're gonna nail it, and it's gonna stay. I haven't edited mine probably like a year or something like that mm -hmm. because I've nailed it, and I know it's solid. And it took a while to evolve, and maybe in the future it does evolve, right? If my viewpoint evolves, and I see not just mine, but also with my staff, with my clients, if I see that we're we're evolving in a different direction. I can pivot and I can make sure that that vision follows. Mm -hmm. But so far, I really like it. But for anybody listening to this and watching us, really be clear, number one, on what you can solve. So what's the problem you're solving? And that's your marketing thing. But then in terms of vision, make sure you're clear on where that leads. So what's the big thing? Like mm -hmm. what's the mm -hmm. greater thing that leads mm -hmm. after you solve that problem? Because you're solving, most of us are solving we're solving both external and internal problems, mm -hmm. which is, let's say, an external for me, like I'm helping you out, figure out everything to do for training, for for nutrition, for sleep, for everything related to health and fitness in your life. That's externally what I'm helping you with. Internally, right. I'm going to make you more confident. I'm going to make you happier with yourself. I'm going to make you externally full of energy, which is going to internally make you, again, more driven and you're going to become an action taker. You're and, and all those things. But there's a third thing that we're also doing is we're also, we have a philosophy as well. We have an effect in our, on a philosophy of a person. So you want to make sure that you're solving their, almost like mm -hmm. helping them with their world view as well, which is your philosophy. That's the third level that I would say, external, internal, and then philosophical. Yeah. On a big, big level, what are you actually doing and that's what the vision is for it's almost like a movement kind of statement yeah, yeah, of a movement exactly, exactly and that's exactly what i mean and it can go a long way you know um thanks to my vision you know i had people coming to me and saying look i just want to work for you for free i love what you do and uh let me just help out right and you like for everyone listening in if you have an inspiring vision something like um like exactly what mario was um uh, was proposing like a movement um, you will have people coming to your business or showing up at your doorstep saying dude I want to learn let me just help out I don't care about getting paid you'll pay me later let me just do get some results for you and then you know I'm just excited about by, about doing this mm -hmm. um, what were some of the challenges when you first started hiring people um, like the first two or three uh, people that you had and then you know growing uh, growing your team you know I, I know that for a lot of entrepreneurs you start you start um, hiring people but you don't know how to keep them happy you don't know how to keep them motivated um, you know keep the spark how, how was that for you 
Yeah, a lot of problems, and and it's always an issue. It's not. It, it's never like that. You have this complete solution, and that you can guarantee that every hire is going to be amazing. So it's always, you know, uh, it's it's always a gamble in in one way, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge for me initially when I first started out, as I think every person that has ever been in an entrepreneur, they know, it's simply the trust issue, right? Like yeah. you can't trust that the person cares enough to really make the business better and with like you think that they will never care as much as you do yeah i mean in one sense but that's not not necessarily a bad thing actually Mm -hmm. like because you're you're subjective you're also clouded and your judgment is clouded as well so that's not necessarily a bad thing like people can see things then when they're more objective they can see where you need to go Mm -hmm. and sometimes that actually helps so the, it's a bigger issue of like they can't get the job done as good as I can, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my problem because I'm an, uh, like my background is an engineer. And before I caught the entrepreneurial bug, I was really always do-it-yourself type of guy. You know, I would – when I, at my corp, uh, when I worked for a government agency before, you know, I had my job, which is in, in computer, right? Uh, computer admin and all that stuff as an engineer, uh, graduate computer science. I would do my stuff. But if someone would, let's say, in the law division have some issues, yeah, like I wouldn't wait for them to figure it out. I would go there and figure it out myself, even mm-hmm. though I'm not trained in law. I, I would just go there and learn it and figure out the, the solution in the moment because I'm that kind of person. I love to you know, just get in there and, and find the solution, mm-hmm. which can be a huge problem because then if you hire someone – what you're going to do is the person is going to try to solve it. You're going to interfere. And now they immediately know that you don't, don't trust them. And then you lost it. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I think, the biggest challenge for me. Like, I love to tinker with uh, the process. And that's, I think, e- even to this day, when I see, you know, things that are, that I can fix fast, I'd rather do it myself, that it's a quick fix, than hire someone else, which I probably should be hiring more to, you know, just free up my time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some mm-hmm. things I just can't help, right? It's just my engineering side of brain. It's like a problem solving machine. I'm always looking for how can I solve issues and, and how did you overcome that how did you um you know allow people to do their things and just step out of um out of their way let's say yeah like it's a lot of mental work where you work on your internal which is your internal struggle is like you think that you can learn everything and be yeah. good at everything and i i had to basically come to a realization like all of us here and humble myself a little bit right mm-hmm. like i can't learn everything i mean even if I could, I don't have the time. Yeah. And it's unrealistic that that's going to happen. I needed to put my ego aside and just humble myself a little bit. Like, I can't learn design. I, I will suck at design. And, I mean, I, I can, let's say, if you want to go, like, personal development, woo-woo, you can be whatever you, want, you can be. That's great, but I can't because I have, like, 10 other things that I need to do, right? So you got to be, at some point, you got to do a reality check with yourself. And for me, it was those tasks that were completely outside of my domain, like design. Uh, like, I, I basically don't know how to do any of that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I needed to do that. In terms of, like, the business itself, uh, initially... Like I sucked at um, like copywriting, mm-hmm. right? So copywriting was really like I had no clue how to do copywriting. So I had to hire people for that. So I hired people for things that I really didn't have the time to learn because yeah. I was already in content. I was already – and that helped me, I guess, see that you know they can produce results. Like they are mm-hmm. producing results, especially when I hired my first guy who, who did emails for me. 
now he runs a really successful company. I think they're doing like you know four or five hundred k a month. He nice. became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. here crushing, and he used to write emails for me. And I saw that his emails were getting results, and I was like, okay, don't touch it. You know, like don't touch it. Don't get in there. Whatever happens, happens. And uh, yeah, that helped me a lot. Right, those types of positive experiences really helped a lot. And and you can't overcome this unless you actually try and hire people. Like can, you can't. Can you share some of the negative experiences that you had um, hiring people? Yeah, like uh, simple stuff. You know, you hire stuff people on Upwork. They say they're going to deliver. You check their logs. Um, let's say you, you enabled manual logging. You check manual logging, and you see their screenshots, and it's like they're watching porn and stuff like that. You know, like <laughs> you have these examples of uh, you know things that you know a social media manager. You know, half of his hours logging, and he's doing work for someone else. You know, it's like those types of things that that can make you paranoid as a business owner. You're like, ah, oh, I can't believe this happened, but right. it's normal, right? And it, it's it's partially my fault as well because I didn't manage things properly, right? Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. take responsibility. So yeah, sure, he's watching porn, but I'm thinking, well, what what did I do that could, <laughs> that could have been done better, right? So he didn't end up in that position. Yeah. Uh, with, with other staff as well, like, um, you know, some of my negative experiences, my mistakes, were as well because mm-hmm. I'm I'm very very results oriented. Yes, and uh, in a sense, like in the beginning, I would talk to my team only when they were doing something wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big problem. Like you you need to have an, an understanding where the person is at and and really chat with them regularly to build that relationship deeper and deeper and deeper. And that you don't want to be the person that only call calls them when it's bad news mm-hmm. and uh, then they will be also like what kind of business like what is this you know um something that i got from my first business mentor but i you know i i wasn't ready to actually accept and implement it was the fact that you know i started putting together a team and they said look he said okay now these three four people they're your clients they're going to take care of your other clients but you're gonna focus on these three or four people like they were your actual clients. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but I, I, it, it feels like, you know, today I just check in with them every morning. I say, you know, hi guys, what's up? Well, have an amazing day, you know, can I help you with anything else? Like stuff like that. And it makes a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of sense because I, I imagine like with somebody who's, uh, who's paying you, you want to check in with them and uh, give them feedback, right? And uh, tell them where they do when they're screwing up. Tell tell them when they're doing a great job, right? Yeah, I I mean it's it's also a matter of attitude, right? Like you you also want to make sure that you're hiring people with a great attitude who can take good feedback. Like don't get yeah. me wrong, like uh, people need to be able to take feedback. So one of the things that I wasn't paying attention to initially, which was another mistake, is I wasn't paying attention to how coachable are these people that I'm hiring? Mm. So do they think mm-hmm. that they know it all, mm-hmm. uh, even that it's something outside of their domain? Because then that resulted in in the conflicts between the people that are supposed to work together because right. one of them thinks he knows everything and then the other one can't actually do his work. So a lot of things like that, uh, biggest lessons are attitude, more, more based on attitude than there are on skill, uh, at least from what I can see now, yeah. skill Skill is attainable. Skill can be improved relatively quick, but attitude is a bit harder to make sure that that improves. How how do you tell the difference between somebody who is coachable and somebody who is not? 
Yeah, you can tell, you know, there's there's a lot of great questions you can ask on an interview process as well. Um, like one of the big things that I ask people uh, on an interview if I'm hiring someone, I always ask about their past failures and mm, uh, like who okay. was um, – Let's say how how did your last position end up and and how did they get fired for example did they yeah. ever get in like how how did their last conflict go I wouldn't ask them if they had a conflict or not I would just ask them how did your last conflict mm-hmm. in your company go or how did you get fired mm-hmm. and uh, you know oftentimes you will see a candidate they will disqualify themselves immediately because disqualification in what how it happens is they're gonna start talking stuff about their company that they're going to start oh they're assholes they're like a bad company they think they know everything and i know everything you know and they're going to actually kind of you know sabotage themselves in that process if they don't know this and that's how you can tell in the interview uh, but it's pretty obvious if you hire someone if they are coachable or not uh, it, it all depends on how they take feedback right like and that's, if they that's take, your sign if they take responsibility basically yeah, like responsibility in the interview, you can see. Yeah, like on the interview, if if they start blaming their supervisor or their yeah. co- uh, last company, and it's funny, like we used to, we, we were hiring a guy to do Facebook ads once, and uh, he was doing Facebook ads for like this massive error company. I mean, the company is doing like a ridiculous amount. They were like eight figure, like probably like nine figure company, mm-hmm. and and we were hiring, and, and he was. Uh, you know, oh, they don't know. Like, and he basically we asked him about how how did that relationship end, yeah. right? And he's yeah. like, yeah, my supervisor, he had no idea. He just wanted to control what I'm doing. Their company message sucks, and this sucks, this that sucks. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like they're doing nine figures, and you're you're like a one k a month freelancer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. They're, they're doing something, something right. Like they must be doing something right. So it, it, I saw no, there was not even a percent of responsibility taking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from a person which immediately tells me that this is going to be a pattern this is probably a pattern and it's going to be a problem in my company if i hire the same person yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm always really careful with uh, with patterns right because we're we're pattern creatures and if someone is in in trouble all the time they're probably going to be in trouble with you as well yeah and i, I think you know I, I it's not a problem if they say, you know what, they, they treated me badly, I couldn't get along with my boss, but you know what, I think I, I had, it was a great experience because I learned a lot and I, I made some mistakes as well and I'm better off right now, right? I, th- I think that would be um Yeah, that, that would be attitude. acceptable, of course. Like, I mean, of course, like everybody has their flaws and like, nobody's perfect, right? Awesome. Um, Tell us a bit about, you know, firing. What What does it take for somebody to get fired in your company? Fire fast. That that's my number one advice. Um, yeah. Because I'm a nice guy, and I have a problem uh, with with that. And especially initially, I had a big big problem with that because I would be like, yeah, you know, he needs the money. Mm-hmm. He needs this. He needs that. Yeah. And and it's like he can get better. But honestly, you know, if you recognize, and I categorize people in A player, B player, C player. If you recognize a C player, just fire immediately mm-hmm. a b player maybe you can train to be an a player in some roles potentially yeah c player someone is a really like a misfit just fire immediately mm-hmm. and don't even get to a point where you need to fire honestly like you can do so many good things with a, tr- with a couple of trials initially uh just a trial hire for a month and really measure mm-hmm. some good kpi so you can see what's going on in their role if they're actually doing a good job 
but be ready to fire. Like, don't be, uh, don't delay the problem. Because w if I learned one thing with firing, the, the the only problem with firing is that you most people don't have a bench of people ready to replace the person. Yeah. So I would challenge you. Like, if you had a replacement right now, would you fire the person that you wanted to probably, fire? You probably would. Probably would. Right? Yeah. And especially in, in countries or let's say in businesses like mine where, where you're working remotely, mm -hmm. if the person is a really bad fit, if they're not you know, delivering, if they're not working, it can sense – look, if they're not delivering on time, the communication is bad. Mm -hmm. The uh, Just overall, they're not explaining what's going on. They have no reason to not perform and they're probably like you know wasting time. I need to fire quick. But I don't have – let's say if it was an employee in an office and let's say – Germany or something like that. Obviously, I can't just fire like this because there's laws and things that might happen that I need to consider. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about an online entrepreneur. If you're running your own kind of agency business or coaching business like mine or any kind of consulting service-based online business and you have a lot of staff around the world that are uh, contractors or freelancers, definitely fire fast mm -hmm. because you can't afford to waste your time there. Have a bench of people ready to go or a bunch of interns that you can promote to take on the role um, just like either for a couple of weeks until you sort things out or you can just immediately replace a person. I'm a big fan of having sort of like this abundance of candidates yeah. because then you're not tied to this one person Mm -hmm. That can basically hold you hostage. Like a developer can hold you hostage if you if you didn't, let's say, document the process of when he was coding your app, mm -hmm. and you're held hostage. Like you can't even fire him, even if you wanted to. Yeah. So there's a lot of prep uh, in in systems before you hire, mm -hmm. so you can fire <laughs> because you got to do it like that. You got to have documented processes. So if if the person is not a good fit, you can replace him overnight. That's what big companies. I mean, if you look at McDonald's. And I'm mm -hmm. not endorsing McDonald's by any means. I, I remember I run a fitness coaching company. <laughs> like we, we don't uh, endorse McDonald's and what they do in terms of food. But in terms of the business model, uh, if you get fired with McDonald's, you're replaced within like 10 yes. minutes. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the, the person that they can get up to speed very fast because mm -hmm. it's, well, number one, it's a simple position. But I also have processes in place that it's like step one, two, three, four, five, done. You're good to go. In your business, whatever role you can document processes for, yeah. that is going to be a game changer for you. Because mm -hmm. you then, mm -hmm. at least you can get a new person up to speed quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And you have recipes. It's like baking, you know, my business mentor is always saying like, dude, have everything, have recipes. You know, you make a cake, here's the recipe. You need to um, do an email, here's the uh, recipe, right? This Here's how you write in a uh, persuasive email. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, how, do you, how do you build a base of potential um, employees that you can hire and replace the ones that you fire? How do you have that, mm -hmm. um, you know, lineup of people wanting to work with you? Yeah, it, I call it a bench. Uh, a lot of uh, and the concept was totally new to me. Uh, I learned it actually last year. I was reading a lot about hiring books. I was reading top grading. I was a lot of my mentors recommended that um, that system, and a lot of them mentioned you should have a bench or at least a couple of candidates you're staying in touch with. Yeah, maybe they're even working for competitors. 
maybe they're working, you know, on some solo gigs. So yeah. then you can hit them up when the time is right. So you're nurturing that relationship with them. They're not officially hired in your company at all, maybe, or they're just an intern. Maybe they're part of your community, like a like an intern, and you're basically just nurturing a relationship with them. They're they're contributing some to your company. You're also giving them some role where they can learn from you, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. just to keep them in the in the inner circle of right. your company, right? So they're not completely disconnected. So when it's the time, then you can hit them up, say like, look, there's a new opening. It's going to go public in like three weeks. But mm-hmm. if you want to jump in before it goes live, let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. then a lot of times you will have that. Uh, it's a bit tough to maintain an, a bench if you're a solopreneur, or like an entrepreneur with like a couple of people in your company, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, a big bench at least. If you have like, if you suspect a couple of roles that are going to be tough to fulfill, like have one or two people that you can actually replace them immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, common roles may be like salespeople, right? Because they're commission-based and they just yeah. uh, you know, often run around and you know they just jump from one project to another or like developers as well. Like they get one project and they finish halfway. They, oh, there's mm-hmm. a bigger project. Boom. And they just go and do something else. So uh, having the bench there, uh, you can take a person from the bench and and let's say tag the developer so that that intern of yours is learning from the developer and his developers reporting to him and also you. Mm-hmm. So that person, if someone is if the developer just I don't know vanishes for some reason, this person can actually take over at least mm-hmm. and knows the processes. So you can take a I don't know software engineer uh, like last year in college about to graduate and he wants to learn how to how the app is actually created. Well, you can. Take that person and say, hey, I'm developing an app right now. Do you want to work with the team that is developing mm-hmm. it? And you can have the developer report to that guy. So if that developer just disappears, you can have that guy at least that knows ins and outs. So you can take over or at least help you find a new developer. So th- this is how it works, basically. you got to engage the people in some capacity within your company. And this is great, guys. So if you have like an HR department, this is a great, great concept to share with um, your HR um uh, team or you know HR manager, it, it it does sound like a lot of work, but I think it it's well <laughs> worth it if you want to have a it's worth it a players it in, in your team, it. you know, yeah, absolutely worth it. I I will, cannot recommend this enough. Uh, the, the problem, like the worst thing, is to be uh, a, a role that is not fulfilled, or if you have to fire someone, or if someone suddenly leaves the company. And you have like huge gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be extremely stressful. It's going to be much, much more stressful than having a bench. I guarantee you that. And costly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Mario, what are some of the procedures or um, uh, you know um, things that you regularly do to check in with people and see how happy they are or what makes them happy, you know, what keeps them motivated, you know, um, do you do that personally or do you have somebody um, who's handling this for you? I don't have a, I guess an HR mm-hmm. department or a person to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do this personally. So I check in with all my, my entire team. Um, actually, I mean, we're, we're kind of fortunate, you know, it's 2018. We're all, connected on various social medias we're connected on yeah. all kinds of stuff like instagram facebook especially facebook like if i see some of my uh my staff doing something cool on facebook i'm always going to give them a like i'm going to support them you know that kind of stuff i'm going to you know keep appearing there as well i'm not going to try to detach myself as much as possible yes 
uh, it's a lot of guys like to do that. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs like four hour work week, I'm going to disappear and <laughs> I, you can't find me. Right. Uh, I try to stay engaged with my staff, like with these mini micro actions. Uh, yeah. When I see something on Facebook, like in the night, you know, right, let's say I'm, I finished my work. Everything is, I have that 30 minutes and I just quickly get a notification there, there, I'm going to give them a like, you know, like this is awesome, man. And just those types of things. Yeah. Officially, uh, we always have at least one meeting a week. Mm-hmm. So at least one meeting a week. Mm-hmm. There's, um, if you, if you don't touch base with your staff once a week, uh, if you have a small company, like if you don't have a big company, maybe you have an excuse because someone else is not touching base with them. But if you're a smaller company with 10 or less people than that, I mean, come on, uh, it's not a big deal to actually mm-hmm. do a call mm-hmm. and just, you know, mm-hmm. a group call and then individual calls per need. Um, if, if it's, let's say a, a sales role or someone who's helping you interview clients or interview new staff or someone who is doing something that requires them daily work, mm-hmm. uh, let's say you have a, say you have a copywriter that writes emails every day for you. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't hurt to actually get on a quick 20 minute alignment call in the morning, just so you can kind of touch base on certain things that that's at the end of the day, your role as a manager in your company, at least initially, because if that email is generating so much revenue, yeah, why wouldn't you do like, I don't know, three times a week, you know, touch base with the person. If you're emailing three times yeah. a week, touch base early morning, They're, they have something prepared for you. You review it quickly and you give them a little bit of feedback. They tweak it and they send it out mm-hmm. and it helps them and helps you. And you also stay engaged with them. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, of these alignment calls because as an entrepreneur also, you want to make sure that the staff, at least initially, uh, you got to be a little bit more engaged because they might not know mm-hmm. what they need to do clearly. So a, a copywriter yeah. is a good example of writing emails. So you might not be completely clear on your messaging or in your or pain points of your audience or what you're actually trying to solve for people. Yeah. So he might give, let's say in my in my case, you know, you might be, I just hired you as a copywriter and, and you used to write, you write, write emails for fitness people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you would write like, yeah, let's all go beast mode. Let's crush it in the gym. Take a ton of pre-workouts, you know, balls to the wall, you know, like which, go hardcore. Which, which would not which, appeal which, to your audience. It would not align with my mm-hmm. message. Like we're not that type of people. Like yeah. we don't do that. We, yeah, we're definitely yeah, much yeah. more grounded. And if I saw that kind of email, I could then align the copywriter and tell them, look, man, look, this is a great email, but we're not really in that niche of kind of the, the super jack steroid loaded bodybuilder yeah, who's yeah, yelling yeah. beast mode. We're, we're this type of niche. And then he gets it and he gets it. And that's for him. That little message is going to help him align all the future emails. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a couple of examples. This you need to do initially. You don't need to do this forever, but initially it's a good idea to actually stay in touch uh, but having, you know, once a week, you know, a quick touch base kind of call uh, or uh, touch base individually and then also a team meeting once a week, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it's definitely much more work to, again, neglect and then try to fix it than, than having a great company culture and, you know, just meeting with everybody and just, you know, having fun. Like we sometimes, like a lot of times like me and my staff meet up and we just talk about travel and stuff like that. Like we don't even talk about the business a lot of times. Like yeah. we may be for the first 30, 40 minutes, but then it's like, Hey, we're going to travel. Let's do stuff. It, it, you know, it, keep it, you know, in one part a little bit casual, but mm-hmm. also, you know, make sure that everybody's focused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what would you say are the three most important 
lessons that you got out of um, uh, building teams and uh, hiring, firing people, and just you know scale, scaling your company? Right. Um, okay, I'll try to put it <laughs> put into structure three. Uh, like these types of questions always catch me off guard because I'm like thinking, okay, that's three, three. Okay, so uh, number one is attitude beats skill. Um, yeah. That is, I mean, skill is necessary, but attitude beats skill. Um, skill is much more in abundance than attitude. So mm -hmm. I always look for attitude first. Uh, second one, fire fast. Uh, so, uh, hire slow, fire fast. That would be, you know, have, have some form of like intro indoctrination. And, mm -hmm. and then if, you know, if things don't really go well, uh, be, be quick on fire, like be decisive basically, mm -hmm. right? Like don't be indecisive. Hmm. Third one with hiring. I think the biggest one is, is look into your, um, immediate network for hiring before you expand and go out there and try to convert cold traffic into your next superstar in your company. Mm -hmm. Look for referrals, like look for client referrals, look for uh, referrals from friends, uh, use your Facebook network, use your, use your immediate network because mm -hmm. that is going to deliver a much, much better candidate. And I would say that and plus even before that, if you've known someone for like six months or a year, that's probably your best hire. Like if you've mm -hmm. already known a person for a long time and, and you can even grab them from a competitor, it doesn't matter. Like if they, you know, if you have a good enough offer and if you have a good enough business, that would be my top three for sure. But the last one is the most important one because the last one would solve usually a lot of the initial stuff like the attitude and the firing and all that mm -hmm. because that that is going to deliver a great candidate and uh, it's it exposing you to much less risk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Awesome, I love that. And I don't know, I have a feeling that you you actually have more than three. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's like many <laughs> things and like management and uh, like micromanaging, not micromanaging. There's different approaches with that as well. Like uh, I, I definitely say that I used to be a heavy, heavy micromanager. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not as much of a micromanager. Uh, depends on how well the person performs or not uh I, i'm learning a lot about that as well like mm -hmm. remember when we talked about earlier my biggest problem is that i want to get in there myself and you know if i have a camera guy filming something i'm gonna be like hey is the camera set up properly you know yeah, if i have yeah, a guy yeah. writing emails hey did you do this you know if i have someone running facebook ads hey did you do this and i would be involved and that that is in, in one sense is good but and the other one is bad. So you want to manage expectations beforehand. So the person knows if that happens that, you know, they, they know how to react. Uh, so they yeah, might never yeah. had experience with that before. That's actually, yeah, that's very, very useful. That's very useful because if they know, look, I have a tendency to do that, they're going to be, okay, you know, he's being himself right now or she's being herself. That's cool. It's not, a, they have to know, be okay with it. Yeah. Like they have yeah, to be okay yeah. with it. Right. Like mm -hmm. just so you know yourself. And I know some heavy, heavy micromanagers that are running eight, nine figure businesses. So, mm. <laughs> so be like, it's not, you know, it's one of those things in, 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 it, it depends on what you're running, what kind of business you're running or what kind of role you're trying to micromanage. Like you don't want to micromanage your VA, you know, like if you're talking about some super high leverage or position your company, you might need to be more involved. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things, if you read like a magazine, they're going to say all types of micromanaging are bad. Well, you know, 
that doesn't, you know, it's never black and white. There, there are certain situations where you have to jump in potentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's like, if your entire business depends on it, obviously you want to jump in. Yeah. And, you know, with, let's say with your accountant or someone like that, you got to jump in a little bit if things are really going, you know, if you need to get some clarity. So I wouldn't, you know, I, I would never say like you got to be black and white with it, but I mean, tendency is in terms of micromanaging, you do want to tone that down for like day to day stuff because it is annoying for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And it comes back to self-awareness as well, you know, and just being 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 honest and open about who you are and just allowing the right people to come to you and selecting them. Awesome. Awesome. Madhu, this was very, very uh, insightful and as always, I've been enjoying uh, our conversation. Um, what would be one question that you would like to ask everyone listening in? Do they like uh, Dragon Ball Z or Super more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually referring to our previous uh, interview. Guys, uh, check I it out. I miss those types of interviews. I think we're being too serious right now. I but, think so, uh, yeah. Yeah, we should, we should do like a... <laughs> we should definitely do a DBZ versus, <laughs> D, DBZ versus Superman uh, interview. Who would win? DBZ, there, there's a there, well. You can do Goku versus Superman. What I was referring to is like DBZ versus uh, Dragon Ball Super, like the latest, um, the latest show. Uh, I didn't. Part of I, the, I'm not so if like, you have if you haven't checked that out, you gotta check it out. It's pretty cool. Is, uh, is it is it actually good? Because I feel like besides Dragon Ball Z, there's no there's no nothing else. Super to... is good. Super is good. Yeah, is you'd it? be you'd be surprised. Like mm -hmm. I was actually very skeptical in the beginning, but then uh, you know, it actually became really really good, especially toward the end. Mm. Uh the the latest like the last fight and even the, you know, there's sagas in between like in, yeah. in in Super as well. Like I think you will love it as well. If you're a big fan of Z, I think you you would enjoy Super. It does build on um it does build on a lot of that great stuff there. Is it the one with Lord Beerus? Yeah, like it's he's one of the characters. Eventually, they befriend, and then uh, there's like Zamasu saga and like yeah. a future trunk saga, and then there's an, a, a universe tournament of power at the end of and at the end of everything. They're kind of fighting in like this multiverse. Yeah. It's pretty cool, I think. Um, I think you know it, it builds really nicely on, and that there's some improvements as well in certain elements. There, they made a lot of stuff clear. Yeah, that was left, uh, let's say, undefined in Z. So I, I like it. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big variable nerd anyway. So, like the, I don't think it should be, uh, uh, we're, we're, it shouldn't be too harsh on the writers. I mean, at the end uh -huh. of the day, is anime. You know, people like, people like so serious when there's like one little thing that doesn't match up. Like the power level is a little bit too high. People freak out. Uh, you know, it's an anime at the end of the day. You know, so it, it's supposed to be super fun. And I think I, I had a lot of fun watching Super, you know, and uh, it was also definitely engaging. I think we're having people listening in right now who are like, you know, they're listening, they're on their way to, <laughs> to the companies, you know, having their suits on. Half of them are going, oh my God, these guys are, are Dragon Ball Z uh, nerds. The nerds. <laughs> and the other ones are like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely nerds. So any kind of nerdy stuff as far as, you know, Marvel Universe and Dragon Ball Absolutely. and everything else. Absolutely. <laughs> Just their podcast and that. Have you seen the last uh, Avengers uh, movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, saw I, have to, I have to go see it. Don't, no spoilers. I won't spoil it. 
to you because it's it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. It's it's incredible. Like I cannot wait. I really cannot wait for the next upcoming Marvel movies. There's gonna be so much they, great stuff. Really, really, really yeah. good. They I'm really becoming good. a bigger. I'm. A, I wasn't like initially in terms of like Marvel. Like they put yeah. a, out a lot of stuff in Netflix and all that kind of stuff. So I don't have time to watch those uh, Netflix shows. Yeah. But you know, every time there's an Avengers movie, I I don't skip the Avengers movie. Dude. I think that's that's amazing. Don't watch don't watch Iron Fist. No, um, I don't on, watch on Netflix. Don't, don't. It's like a, <laughs> a waste, complete complete waste of your of your time and, and your life. But Avengers, like, yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, I like Avengers. I love the movies. The movies are because it's nice, you know. For the movie, you go out, you go out with your friends, your mm -hmm. girlfriend, you know, they kind of you make it a nice event, and and it's good to take a break from the business at some point as well. I think you guys probably realize that everybody listening to this. Uh, you can't be uh, execution grind robot twenty four seven, guys. Maybe for a little bit. <laughs> if you get a chance, you know, take your staff to see the Avengers. For everyone listening, and yeah, take you know, if you have like a small team or like your top managers, um, you know, like make a company announcement or something like that, and go and see the movie. <laughs> or better, yeah, actually have have a screening of the movie in the company. That would be a lot of fun. That would be pretty cool, yeah. Well, yeah. That's a cool idea. That wouldn't be yeah. cool. Um, guys, let us know if you've seen um, if you've seen Dragon Ball Z in the comment section. If you had any idea, uh, if you have any idea what we were talking about, or if you're huge fans, um, tell us in the comments. Until then, go ahead and follow Mario. He has some an amazing, some amazing, amazing insights um, about living a happier, healthier life. Um, I'll post uh, some links for his um, uh, YouTube channel and website in the description. Until next time, have an amazing day and have fun taking your business to the next level.